Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And real quick, I wanted to let you guys know, uh, I've been putting it on Instagram quite a bit and teasing it for like ever, because I'm super excited about it. But I just designed a website for us, and you can get to know us a little better with our little bios. Um, I added a donate button if you guys wish to maybe make a donation and support the podcast because it's not free to create, but it's free to listen, and we want to keep it that way. And um, you'll be able to buy merch. We're going to have t-shirts and hoodies, stickers, all that good stuff. And yeah, I'm really excited about it, guys. No such thing as a free lunch. Um, so check it out, take a look, and let me know what, or let us know what you think. Oh, there's even a section uh, where you guys can write in your stories under contact. You can always just send us an email directly if you'd like, but we have a little form there that you can fill out with your name, subject title, and then go ahead and tell us your story. And we can either share it on another episode of High Strangeness Stories or stories of high strangeness or um if you want to be a guest go ahead and reach out through there too and today we have a guest with us his name is jonathan he's from the west virginia paranormal group send us a society yeah no west virginia sorry. paranormal investigation no. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry west virginia paranormal investigation sorry i uh really bad um so, yes, this is Jonathan, guys. Uh, and uh, God. can you introduce yourself further, Jonathan? You're already messing this yes. one up, Eric. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, running on, like, I'm running on three hours of sleep as well. So I know the feeling. Uh, yeah, my name is Jonathan Johnson uh, with West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. I uh, founded the group in 2007. So I've been doing this for almost 15 years, which sounds crazy, but uh, it's hard to believe it's been that long. I've been fortunate enough to investigate many of the major locations all over the country. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be featured on a couple of network television shows, which is always fun. Uh, We're currently working on our new project, which is our YouTube web series called Forgotten Relics, which we're really excited about. Yeah, I was watching uh, the first, first episode. I feel like anything that used to be like a sanitarium is like, automatic haunting i mean i guess it had a lot of history but it just i mean it looked so creepy on the outside when i saw the messages on the on on instagram when you got in touch with us in touch with us and you were telling us that you've you know everything that you've done and stuff like that i was like oh my god i was i was excited to have you know have you reach out to us you know because we're i feel like you, you you've already like achieved so many things in in as far as the paranormal career is concerned and we're like this little fledgling podcast. So again, I apologize so much for my unprofessionalism a few minutes, a few seconds ago, but uh, we're definitely excited to have you on. I, w- I want to talk Zach Baggins, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask my very important question that I, for the most pa- part, always ask in uh, interviews was what was your very first paranormal experience? Yeah. The first thing that ever happened, uh, I don't have a real big, like, moment unfortunately but i'd always grown up hearing stories my mom grew up in a house that she swore was haunted she would be upstairs in bed and her mom would be downstairs and she would yell up and tell her to get back in bed because there was footsteps and my mom would be under the covers terrified so hearing stories like that growing up always got me really intrigued and then when i started the group 
with my cousin, we found this little small farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere. And we're in West Virginia. So when we say the middle of nowhere, we literally mean the middle of nowhere. Um, and this house, uh, it's probably still one of my favorite places I've ever been to this day. We were not very experienced at all. It was literally like the first or second time we'd ever been out. We were just walking around. We were setting up voice recorders. And I heard the door next to me open and close. And I assumed it was my cousin, Rich. So I said, hey, Rich. And at that exact moment, he walked in the front door on the other side of the building. And he said he came around the corner and my face was just completely white, had no color in it at all. <laughs> so that was my first moment where I was like, oh, man, there might be something out here. I love that. Yeah. It sounds like that's such like that, that like a super cliche thing, like, but it happens, you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, you hear the thing and then you call the person and the person's over here. It's like, I don't know. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's like the perfect paranormal, you know, experience, I guess, to have. First, first time experience. Yeah. yeah. I can see it playing out in my head too. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> All right. So what made you actually want to start the the paranormal group was it um just like a love for the paranormal like hearing those stories and want to investigate further or yeah so uh when i started or when i got to college was when i really started to do more research and that was about the time when ghost hunters hit television and i had honestly not even realized that people went out and did this as like a a thing so when i saw that i was like oh man i gotta do this so i reached out on Facebook and my cousin who is a little bit older than me, but we've been relatively close our entire lives. He lived literally a hundred yards away from me for my entire childhood. And we had no idea that either one of us had an interest in the paranormal until I put something on Facebook. I was like, Hey, does anybody know any places that are haunted in the area? And he reached out to me and he said, Oh man, I absolutely love this stuff. I've loved it my entire life. And that just kind of got the ball rolling and we decided to start uh, WVPI. Nice. What was your very first investigation? Yeah, We actually went out and don't do this for anybody watching. If you're just starting out, we went out to an old train tunnel, which was uh, <laughs> it's super old in the area. And there's been people who have said stuff have happened there, but it's still an active train tunnel. Like there's still trains that go through it. And we may or may not have been on the tracks when a train went by. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. But at an actual big location, the first place we ever did uh, was uh, Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston. So that's kind of jumping into the deep end there. Yeah, yeah. that sounds I like it. I say so. You got any good stories from there? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been fortunate enough to go there multiple times and, and do the overnights. The one that always sticks out in my mind, um, we were actually on a, a public investigation. So you start out with a bunch of people. And then as the night goes on, people start to fall off. And this was towards the very end of the night. So there were only a couple of us left and we were all spread out. I had basically the entire wing to myself and the wing in Trans-Allegheny, it's basically like an entire building. I mean, it's, it's massive. So I had turned around um, and when I turned around, I panned my flashlight across the hallway and dead center in front of me, there was a dark shadow, just the outline. I couldn't see any facial features or anything like that, but it blocked my light. And by the time I went back across with my flashlight, it was gone. So automatically, I assumed that there was a person in there with me. So I literally checked every room, checked every closet, checked everything, and there was nobody there. So that that one always stands out in my mind. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I applaud you guys for doing that kind of stuff. Because I, I swear, if I was in a situation like that, especially in a place like that, I, I would honestly <laughs> probably shit my pants. I was probably pretty close <laughs> at that point, honestly. <laughs> uh. 
Well, how how do you guys keep your cool? Like, I yeah, because uh, same with my brother. Like, I was been super intrigued and I always wanted to do it, but I know that at the slightest noise, I'd probably scream. Like, I can't I can't even handle like a fake haunted, haunted house. houses. Yeah, yeah. Well, believe it or not, and I get made fun of yeah. all the time for this. I hate haunted houses. I hate horror movies. I don't like jump scares. So I can go sit in a haunted basement of a sanitarium by myself and it doesn't bother me, but I cannot sit down and watch a two hour horror movie. I just can't. I don't know why it's in my head, but I, I mean, just being out in the field and, and learning to trust your, your instincts, eventually, uh, I mean, you just kind of trust yourself and you know, if there's some real danger, you're going to get out of there. But for the most part, uh, you just stick in there and see what you can catch. And so you got, do you guys like basically do everything and just pitch black darkness? Well, I mean, I guess this, something like that, they wouldn't have like electricity, right? When we first started out, we did mostly just IR, infrared, night vision kind of stuff. But with the web series that we're, we're doing now, we've actually started to shoot a lot more in just like low light or dim light just for filming purposes. And we've actually figured out that it doesn't like inhibit the paranormal at all, which I never really understood why it had to be pitch black for something to happen. But um, we've actually found a lot of stuff to happen where you can actually see a little Mm bit uh, with the room illuminated makes it a little bit easier to see stuff going on around you. I mean, I guess in my, like, and I, the only thing that I could think of is like to why like pitch black is it kind of like takes away your sight. So it kind of heightens your, I would assume it heightens your other senses, but that's just like me thinking like my theory, but I have no idea if there's any truth to <laughs> yeah, it or not. That's definitely true. But for sure. I mean, hey, as long as you're getting, I'd, I'd prefer a hundred percent having like dim light, you know, and being able to see some stuff than being <laughs> pitch black, not being able to see anything. And then all of a sudden have a shadow figure, you know, pop, pop up in front of my face. But if it's pitch black, you can't see shadows, right? Well, but he did Maybe. flash his right. light and saw the shadow. Okay, but he had a flashlight. But if it's pitch black and there's shadows walking all around you, maybe you don't see them. I guess so. <laughs> it's just better that way. <laughs> so, like, how did you guys start to, like, get your, you know, I guess more recognition, more to where, like, you were – or did you guys put yourselves out there to – start getting like these invites to these places and stuff like that. We started out like most groups do doing just local uh, folklore type of stuff. And then we kind of went into residentials or in-home investigations for people. Um, and I think that's how a lot of groups kind of build up and learn how to, to uh, investigate. And then we kind of moved on to the bigger locations to, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston to the West Virginia Penitentiary in Moundsville. I mean, we're very fortunate to be surrounded by some incredible locations. And then you just start to network and then you start to get more opportunities and then that kind of builds into more opportunities. And then we were able, like I said, to get on a couple of TV shows and that always helps out. And then you can kind of reference that when you're reaching out to new locations, you can be like, hey, check us out here. So they know we're legit and we're not just going to go in and destroy the location or something like that. Cause there are a lot of places that are hesitant to let people in for fear of uh, uh, something like that happening. Of course. Yeah. So what are some of the TV shows? I mean, I know you, you kind of told us, but for our audience so that they can kind of know where else to find you or, or see some more of you guys, um, what shows did you come out on and what did you have to do? Yeah. The first show we ever did was uh, paranormal challenge with Zach Bagans of ghost adventures. I mean, everybody knows Zach. We filmed at the West Virginia penitentiary in Moundsville. Uh, it was an awesome experience. It really was. I mean, to get to see the behind the scenes of a major 
that was a travel channel show and to see all the production. And that's honestly kind of what got the spark for me for the filmmaking aspect of it. And the documentation aspect of it was seeing how much work and everything that went into a TV show that kind of lit a fire under me to, to kind of go down that path. So that, that was a really cool experience. Uh, we were there filming for, mm-hmm. I think, three or four full days for a 45-minute episodes. I mean, that just tells you how much goes into something like that. Um, wow. The other show that I did was called My Ghost Story on A&E. Uh, that was a lot of fun. They actually flew us out to LA and we got to film in LA. So I'd never been out to California or the West coast. So that was cool. And then we did came back to the location, which was an old elementary school in uh, West Virginia, where we had had our experience and we filmed the recreation shots and everything like that. So again, that was really cool to see the behind the scenes stuff. Nice. And then most recently I filmed, I, I tell everybody that I was, um, helping out because I filmed for a show called strange world on the travel channel. And then they cut me out altogether. So <laughs> I always tell them that I was helping out with that one, but I actually didn't make, make it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh uh, yeah. So disappointing. Yeah. I, I've always wondered, I mean, because I, I like um, people see the, like the show and like you said, it's a 45 minute show and, and you guys recorded over four days. So like, I mean, I don't know if that's typically how, how many days they usually record over and stuff like that, but that just also shows you, you know, cause you see all this paranormal activity in that, in those 45 minutes, but you know, how much did they get like one day and then the other? Cause it's like, in your experience, do you always get a, like a plethora of, 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 uh, evidence or is it sometimes you get nothing or sometimes you get very little or just like one piece of evidence in the entire night? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that everybody, if they're in ghost hunting, the paranormal will find out is you can't make it happen on demand. I mean, it's going to do what it's going to do. And yeah, there's ways to try to capture it and try to entice it to, to come out and, and interact. But some nights you're just not going to catch anything. So I know early on with a lot of the TV shows like Ghost Hunters and things like that, mm. they used to make it seem like it was one night that they're investigating, but they were actually there for three to five days capturing everything, but they made it look like one night. Now, a lot of times they're, they're actually showing that they're there wow. for multiple days. But yeah, I mean, it's if you're there for one night and it's just a dead night, mm. then I mean, for a TV crew, I mean, that's wasted time. So you're going to have to make sure that you have enough footage over multiple days to make something compelling. Yeah. See, I, I was, and that's the same thing for me. I was under the impression that, especially back then, you know, that these things happened over like one night and, you know, after speaking with you and, and another paranormal investigator that we've, we've had on before, you know, it's, it makes sense that they would shoot over multiple nights rather than just one, you know, it's really hard uh, to condense everything from one night. I mean, like I said, 45 minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but if even if you have three to four hours worth of stuff, that's maybe five or 10 minutes worth of footage for a good uh, camera crew. So, I mean, it is something where you have to just have Jesus. a massive amount of footage to just trim down to make something worthwhile. That's crazy. Now, I, I was just going to ask <laughs> Zach Baggins, is he always like that or does he turn it on and off? Like, so Zach Bagginsy. I don't know. <laughs> He's his own thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect way to describe him. I mean, he was incredibly nice to us. He was super nice. He interacted (laughs) with us. We talked to him when we weren't filming. 
Uh, I've interacted with him other times, and he's always been incredibly nice. I mean, he did have a couple times where he would get a little uh, short with like a intern or staff member or something like that. It wasn't mean, but I mean, you could tell there was a little bit of a maybe diva kind of quality coming out a little bit. But I mean, like I said, he's he was super nice to us. I don't have anything but good things to say about Zach. Yeah. I just feel sorry for Aaron. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear more about your like, uh, like your experiences, like overall in, in uh, or okay, here we go. Uh, like, have you all ever had, or are you like sensitive to any kind of like paranormal activity? Like, I know you've had experiences because obviously you investigate, but like, you know, are you sensitive in the sense, like, you know, that you're able to feel those energies or like uh, see things more uh, clearly or easily than any of, of your other group? Or do you have somebody in the group who, you know, is that way? We don't have anybody who I would consider a psychic or medium or sensitive or anything like that. But throughout the years doing it for so long, you just mm. learn to trust your body. And if you watch uh, the web series, you'll see multiple times where I just have been around it and been doing it for so long when I feel like there's something around me, I get this certain pressure on my head and I just know, and it almost always coincides with something else happening, like something moving or a voice, whatever it is. Anytime I get that feeling, it's almost always when something else happens. So that just comes from being in the field and, and learning to trust yourself over time mm-hmm. and not thinking, Oh man, I'm crazy. Cause I had this feeling. You just, you just got to learn to trust yourself. Uh, have you ever been uh, like, I don't want to say attacked, but like, yeah, physic, like something coming at you physically, like whether it's a scratch or just feeling nauseous or like headache or sick to your stomach. Absolutely. Or like that. Yeah. I, I've been in a lot of or situations where I kind of push myself to extremes with the paranormal. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sally house at all. It's been featured on all the, the big shows, but it's got an incredibly, yeah. um, uh, disturbing backstory with a lot of stuff that happened there and it's so a place where i've actually spent over a week living and staying in the house investigating uh, and one time i did get scratched i had three scratch marks down the entire length of my forearm so i've definitely definitely been uh interacted with and then the craziest thing i've probably ever done is there's a location it's not a well-known location but it's probably the most active place i've ever been um, a group that I was working with, we actually rented it out, lived there and investigated every day for 30 consecutive days. So just being just enveloped in that situation, there was a couple of times where I literally had to go outside cause I was physically ill from just being surrounded by all that energy. So yeah, I do some crazy stuff. Like I dressed up as, and don't do this, people. Don't do this. I dressed up as a priest and walked around and sprayed holy water all over the valley house. Don't do that. It was not not good. <laughs> oh god. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't <sighs> sound like a good idea. I we should add that to uh, uh, Dan and Joseph's list, list of, of things, things not, not to, to do. do. Yeah. <laughs> there are other paranormal investigators that that we've talked to, and they have like an ongoing list. So we're yeah. gonna add that to the list too. <laughs> What's the difference between investigating like a residential, uh, you know, house versus something like the Sally house or, you know, sanitarium or anything like that? Bigger buildings, I guess. So with residentials and we've backed off of doing residentials, we very rarely if ever do them anymore, just mostly for liability reasons. 
we were in a couple of places where people would leave stuff laying around and then we'd have like keys to a house and they wouldn't come get them right away. And we just didn't feel comfortable with the situation. So we backed off a lot of, of residentials, but our main goal, anytime we went into a residential was strictly debunking. We wanted to go in and prove that everything that they were experiencing had a natural explanation. And that's how I feel like every residential should be. If you go in trying to prove activity at a residential, of course, you're going to prove it. And then you're just going to make things worse. So if you can go in and debunk some things that they're dealing with naturally, I feel like that's always the way to go. And when we go into the bigger locations, we still try to debunk it, but there's such a big uh, track record of stuff that's going on there. And you kind of know what to expect. You go in trying to catch different things. So it's just a different mindset going from a residential to a well-known larger location. What would you say is the percentage of, I guess, more so the residential stuff that you're able to to debunk and just be like, no, that's just their condition or whatever? From our experience, it was pretty high. It was probably 90 plus percent of things we were able to debunk. And like you said, it was either a noise that was the air conditioner or the house settling or something that we were able to, to know specifically what it was, or it was something to where the person had taken a picture and they thought it was this big mist and it was just condensation in the air. Or they thought they saw an orb and it was just dust, something like that, to where we were able to show very specifically what it was. So, I mean, there was occasionally something where we could not figure it out that we thought might truly be paranormal, but most of the time we could debunk it. Well, listen, if you saw the way that thing moved that I saw right now, you wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> Just saying. I don't know. I don't know. Also, if uh, you guys hear knocking right now, there's a woodpecker and it's knocking on the outside of the house. So if you do hear knocking, it's not anything paranormal. <laughs> it's a woodpecker. <laughs> Good to know. Also, uh, I did want to say that I like, I like hearing that man. Like every time this is again, um, that you guys go in there to debunk and not to prove like, yeah. Cause deep, yeah, you don't go into like prove that anything's happening. You go into like disprove it. You know what I mean? Because like, if you look for things like it, you're, you're going to find them. You know what I mean? So, uh, like trying to find the reasons, okay, why is this stuff happening rather than, okay, what could like, what paranormal thing is this? You know what I mean? That that's always, I feel is, is a great way to go about doing things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just I want to say that, like, you know, I admire you guys for doing that as well. Like being about. How do I say it? Um, yeah, just being, being about, about the, the debunking, debunking and not the entertaining yeah. Yeah. like or for show kind of thing. <clears throat> because at the end of the day, too, I feel like that's what's going to like that's what's going to help the paranormal investigation of this become more like recognized or more like people take it more seriously is trying to disprove or make, make sure that you, you know, these things aren't, uh, you're not just trying to make things happen. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to make it legit. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of crazy cause, and not to throw shade at anybody, but there's a lot of groups out there who will latch onto anything just because they either want attention or they just want to say that they caught something. Like for example, uh, we, go and check everything that we do. We were at the Sweet Spring Sanitarium, which is featured on two episodes on the web series. We were reviewing the video and we caught this absolutely amazing mist behind the door when a lot of other stuff was happening. And I know for a fact that 90 plus percent of teams would have just taken that and ran with it. Because, it, I mean, we it took us two hours to debunk it. 
And we finally were able to debunk it as because it was cold at night. There was a little bit of a fog. And then the way that the car uh, lights would come up around the corner on the road, you could actually debunk it. But otherwise, like I said, I know most teams would have taken that and been like, oh, man, this is the holy grail. This is incredible evidence. And that's what we wanted to do, too, because it was really cool. But, I mean, we just we always double check everything before we put it out as any kind of paranormal. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome, dude. Like, I, I'm like, I, I, I like hearing investigators say that um, also because I do I am in a few like Facebook groups and stuff like that. And a lot of times, like people share videos or experiences that they have. And it's like, I don't know, man, like I can kind of and then like the thing is, too, is like if some they go in there asking for an opinion of what people think it is and then people tell them, OK, I think it's this, this and this. But if it's not the paranormal that they the paranormal thing that they said that they experienced, then they get offended and they're like, no, it, it was this and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I a hundred percent believe that there'd be people out there just trying to make a name for themselves or put those kinds of things out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably in all the same groups you are. And it, sometimes it just drives me crazy <laughs> reading and seeing some of the stuff. We literally had somebody message our <laughs> Facebook page the other day and they sent us a video and I watched it and I was like, unfortunately, I don't see anything paranormal in this video. And they're like, well, obviously you don't know what you're talking about. And then they blocked me. Like, I mean, I'm sorry that it wasn't what you wanted, but I'm just giving you my 15 yeah. years worth of opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't take it to heart. But, yeah, there's definitely some people like that. Yeah, it was actually pretty funny because I think somebody shared a picture of like a basement or something like that. And it was like really dark. And then they were trying to, there was a lot of people were saying that they saw this man with like in a, in a, like a suit and tie type of thing. And then uh, somebody said, that looks like a fluorescent light. The ones that have the double light, yeah, uh, like hanging from the ceiling. And then they were like, no, 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 it's a, it's a man and this and that. And then literally somebody further down in the comments lightened the picture up and you could see the fluorescent light with the two, you know, the two bulbs and stuff like that. And I was oh like, <laughs> see you guys. I mean. So debunked, yeah. You should have like photoshopped the debunked <laughs> stamp on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I know that you just went on another investigation. Was it last weekend? I believe. Um, if you want to kind of, sh- if you can share kind of where you went or if you caught anything, things like that. Yeah, we actually went to a location that is brand new, that is just opening up to the paranormal. We're, I think, the first or second team to ever go in there. It's called the Haunted Liberty Theater. Theater. Oh, I can't talk. Haunted Liberty Theater in Nanty Glow, PA. So if anybody's interested, um, you can check them out. They have a Facebook page. Um, not to give anything away, to spoil it, because we are uh, going to drop a uh, Forgotten Relics episode from there. But we definitely caught some cool stuff. And then there's some more stuff we just found out about the location. We're going to have to make a return trip because we got some new info. So this place is getting more and more intriguing by the day. And you can probably hear my dogs barking. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I was going to ask, do you guys uh, know the history of these places? Or do you kind of like get into the history of the places before you go to them? Or kind of do the investigation and then... Uh, find out the history later to kind of validate or corroborate uh, some of the stuff that you find? We like to, to try to do uh, both ways. 
Honestly, I would prefer honestly to go in completely blind, not knowing anything, and then learn the history afterward. Unfortunately, with the filmmaking aspect of it, it's really hard to do that just because you have to do interviews and you have to get all the shots you need and you have to know what areas to shoot and what areas to film and things like that. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll try to shield at least one member of the team from knowing all of the information that way, if that person gets a specific piece of evidence or gets a word through a spirit box or through another piece of equipment that relates and they have no idea, then that just adds a little bit more validity to it in our, in our eyes. Um, is there anything, can you hear the knocking? Yeah. I was like, uh, someone needs to answer the door. (laughs) Um, is there anything that you like, that you wouldn't do or that you, you like you just complete like I like my sister like she's always talking about you know Ouija boards I'll bring it up every time uh she's t- I haven't talks done it yet I understand that <laughs> but that doesn't take away from the fact that you've said that you want to mess with one or that you, I, you're interested yeah when you say like I want to yeah I'm just yeah I would like to see what would happen right so is there anything like I would never <laughs> want to do that but is there anything that you would just stay away from completely or you freak like you get so i I grew up in a really uh religious very christian household so the paranormal in general was very taboo but especially ouija boards i heard all my life never ever touch a ouija board never ever do anything with that and for like the first 10 years of me investigating you wouldn't have been able to pay me to, to to use a ouija board over the last few years i've used it a bunch of times and to me in my opinion it as long as you're taking the proper precautions and you are aware of the risks it's just another piece of of equipment to use as a way now i will only use it with people that i 100 percent trust because it's way too easy to Mm -hmm. to fake stuff so i won't use it with a random person because i just won't trust the outcome but if it's somebody that i really trust i'll definitely use it but as far as anything else i've literally done everything that you can think of. I've been, like I said, alone in the creepiest basements in the country. I've been, uh, in the entire buildings by myself. I've <laughs> dressed up as yeah, a priest. I'm, I'm down for it. Whatever gets evidence. I'm down for it. Yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Then I'm going to count Jonathan as team Ouija board. And then we're just going to keep a tally for like the next, I don't know, however many interviews. And we're going to see who's team Ouija board, who's team not Ouija board. (laughs) After, I don't know, maybe a year of recording, then we'll see what happens where the tally is. And then maybe we try and use it. I don't know. I feel like the tally is already against you, but sure. We'll (laughs) we'll go ahead and do that. That's why we're starting at Jonathan because he's team Ouija board. No, 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 no. (laughs) You can't do that. (laughs) Well, fine. It's your, you know. Funeral. Yeah. I don't want to say that because then I don't want to put that out there. Um, so you, you you mentioned when you're talking about the Ouija board about precautions and stuff like that. What kind of precautions do you guys take? Do you like, I know like there's people that cleanse or, you know, they carry certain crystals. medallions, crystals, uh, stuff like that, sage or whatever. Do you guys do anything like that? Or is it just a mindset that you guys go in with? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, it's it's very individual to the person. I mean, all of us are, are very faith based, but we have different faiths. So whatever it is, whatever keeps you grounded in the moment, as long as you're able to focus on that, and as long as you make your intentions very clear, if you go in and you say, we're here to communicate, 
that you can't harm us, you can't follow us, you can't do anything negative. For the most part, that's going to work. And obviously, there's going to be certain places and things where that's not going to be 100% accurate. But a lot of times, if we come into something like that, like I said, we'll, we'll say a prayer or we'll, I mean, I've, I know some people in our group have done sage and things like that before. I've never done that, but whatever, like I said, whatever you're, you believe in, I think that's the most important thing. And have you ever had anything follow you home or, or, or anything like that? Like something attached to you after you leave an investigation? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately it's just part of the being out there in the field it usually doesn't bother me. We, we, uh, I live with my girlfriend who's part of the team, Vanessa, and it usually actually ends up messing with her. Unfortunately, um, she's heard noises when I haven't been home. She's felt something touch her when I haven't been home. So it usually bothers her for some reason. It leaves me alone, but we've never had anything bad happen mm-hmm. here. It's usually just, uh, we'll hear something in another room or she'll think that she hears me talking when I'm not home, things like that. So, I mean, if, if it was ever anything really bad, it would concern me. But for the most part, uh, we leave them alone. They leave us alone. Do you do anything to get rid of them or do they just kind of go away on their own? If it gets really bad, honestly, for from our experience, if you just stand up and say, hey, you're not welcome here, leave us alone. Most times, whatever's there is going to back off. Um like I said, if it got really bad, I, I have people that I trust who I would bring in who could try to do the cleansing with the sage and some other things. But we, it hasn't made it. Hopefully, knock on wood, hasn't made it to that point and won't won't make it to that point. <laughs> yeah, no, you you definitely don't want it to get to that point. It's it's uh, it's not fun. Speaking from experience, yeah. Um, but it's okay because I learned from your mistakes and I never went and investigated anything because of you. So thank you. See, That's why I been... want to play with a Ouija board now, though. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it would have been nice to like have known all these things, but I mean, I guess it's one of those things where like you start off and and you learn and you realize what works, what doesn't work, and what you should and shouldn't do. And I never got there; it just stuff started happening. I was like, "Nope, I'm done." So, can you uh, fill us in on any other super creepy experiences? I, I mean, even just like that shadow alone, I yeah still kind of stuck in my brain but if anything else happens that you can uh, share with us or maybe that's in some of uh the episodes that you've released on youtube already that our listeners can go and check out and find yeah i mean without without spoiling it definitely watch the the sweet springs episodes uh, of forgotten relics on our youtube channel some of the stuff that happened there is absolutely unbelievable Uh, And then probably one of the craziest things is at the very end of our Heyman House episode of Forgotten Relics. I mean, you just have to see it to believe it. If you told me about it, I wouldn't believe it. But yeah, go watch that. Uh, Stuff that we haven't caught on film uh, that's happened. Probably one of the crazier things is at the Sally House, I saw basically, I don't even know how to describe it, like a shadow crawling up the steps toward me. And it wasn't like in a shape of a person. It was something, yeah, nope. it was bad. Exorcist <laughs> style. Uh, like... house. No. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, the house that I lived in for 30 days, um, I was we slept there, obviously. And I heard a, a full conversation between two people and there was nobody else awake everybody was asleep in the house because we all slept in one area because we were so freaked out and i heard a full-on conversation between two people 
in a, in a room beside of me. And I obviously went and checked and there was nobody else there, but it was two distinct voices back and forth having a conversation. And that, I mean, I wasn't like waking up. I was, I was awake and that, I don't know, for some reason that really freaked me out more than a lot of other stuff that's happened. So, I mean, those are just a couple of things I could literally tell Indeed. stories for hours on here from all the stuff that's happened. Well, I mean, if you want, it right? Was, so we're, we're not going to protest. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> uh, I like the the conversation. Do you like remember hearing it, or was it just like muddled voices that you could like you could hear the like there was a conversation being had, but you couldn't actually tell what was being said. I couldn't hear the specific words, but I could hear the tones in the voices, and I could hear the emotions in the voices. Like it wasn't like just somebody outside like it wasn't way off in the distance it was two distinct voices Mm -hmm. in the room directly beside of me and unfortunately i couldn't hear what they're saying because i would have loved to been able to hear or make out the conversation but that was one of the only times where i and there's been a few times where i thought that there was a physical living person in the location and there wasn't that's one of the the times that i was like there is 100 a person in that room and there was nobody there I mean, I was going to ask, but I feel like it's kind of a stupid question to ask because I think I know what the answer is. So (laughs) is there anything that's ever happened to you that like you were like on the verge of being like, you know what? Fuck this. I quit. But I mean, just from your answers and what you've been telling us, I feel like you've at least there's been multiple experiences that you would have had that I would have been. Fuck it. I quit. (laughs) But apparently you're still going, you know, going strong. Yeah, I've never been on the verge of quitting the field, but I've definitely been on the verge of leaving locations. I mean, like, all right, I'm good. Especially that house that we lived in for 30 days. That one, I literally would have, like I said, would have to go outside because I was physically sick. And at one point, I was just so overwhelmed with emotion. I was like bawling my eyes out for no reason. And everybody was like freaked out because that's obviously not me. And I've been in all these places and done all these things. And I was just like so overwhelmed and uh, just didn't understand what was going on. I was literally bawling my eyes out. So, I mean, there's been times where I've been in places where I'm like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be doing this or that. But that just gets me more excited to go back out and try to figure out what's going on. No, thank you. (laughs) Uh It's funny because, you know, he's like, he's he's you're you're not jonathan's not willing to watch a scary movie but he's like down to go investigate the scariest shit i've ever heard in my life but like we're here like doing a paranormal podcast and you know we are more inclined to go watch a scary movie thing than go you know visit something like this i mean i know you really want to and and i like i would want to too just because just for the experience but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, you know, I don't know <laughs> I, if I want to put myself in a situation like that. I definitely feel like recently, especially now, like the, my, I, I think a lot of the fear comes from like the unknown and like not knowing what, what they like certain things are, like what to expect. And like, I've kind of gotten to this point where like the fear isn't as bad. So now I'm a little bit more willing to like see what's up and and like go investigate and um uh, I, I will say i remembered my question but i was going to mention this earlier um because when you reached out i always like just social media sleuth and just like start looking at stuff so I, on your facebook page like some of the lives that you guys were doing uh where there's a woman like blindfolded and just like sitting in a chair what is i didn't want to watch it because i wanted to ask you on the podcast <laughs> but like what what is going on and 
that I feel like that would terrify me, like not having my sense of sight and then just like sitting there trying to feel things. And I don't <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an awesome visual. That's one of the reasons we do it. But it is a great way to capture evidence as well. So it's called the Estes Method. Uh, it's named after the town in Colorado oh, okay. uh, where the, the famous hotel is, where the, they inspired The Shining. Um, so what happens is most times you just listen to a spirit box and people ask questions. Well, your ear is going to want to hear the response. So if you ask for somebody's name, your ear is going to be listening for names. So that's called confirmation bias. So you're going to want to hear the answers to the questions that you're asking. So what we do is we put noise-canceling headphones on the person that has the spirit box pumped into them, and then they have a blindfold on. So they have the blindfold on so they can't see the reaction of the person who's asking the questions. So if you have the headphones on, but you can see the person asking the questions and you say something that's relevant, you're going to know like, oh man, I can keep hearing this name or I can keep hearing stuff about this person. But if you have the blindfold on and you have the headphones on, you literally have no idea what's going on. So you will be under, you'll be listening to the spirit box. Somebody will ask a question and we ask some off the wall questions. We'll just say, can you say a color in the rainbow or can you say a number one through 20 and the person under there's no reason why they would be thinking of that and they'll spit out a color or they'll spit out a number. And then you just know that, that there's absolutely no confirmation bias whatsoever. So that's one of our favorite techniques to use. And we've caught some incredible evidence using that. So basically the person is the spirit in the sense that like they're the speaker, like, cause they're hearing the white noise. You guys are asking the questions and then they hear the response and then they give the response. So you're getting the response from the person that's blindfolded and has the headphones on. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's the perfect okay. description. Yep. Okay. If you guys, if you guys have never, and you guys as in listeners or Eric, you too. Uh, if you guys have never like seen how this works, I, I now I want to go back and like fully watch the videos and, and see what happens. But um, it's, yeah, the, I remember the first time I had, Oh shit. Sorry, almost knocked over my computer. <laughs> uh, the first time I heard about the Estes me method, um, it was super intriguing, but I was super confused as to like what it was. I guess I wasn't really paying attention, but now I want to go back and see what you guys caught or if you caught anything because, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, because I, I hadn't heard of that, and yeah. this, like this is the first time I'm hearing about it, so I'm I'm kind of excited to go watch it myself and see, you know. Yeah, but your your first the first part of your question, you're spot on. It is extremely unnerving to be completely cut off from everything in a haunted location. And you don't know if the people that are with you just bailed on you and you're there by yourself talking to nobody, which I always make a joke. I was like, if you guys ever do that to me, I'm I'm leaving. Like I'm not coming back. <laughs> but I mean being completely cut off and then I mean sometimes if we're getting good responses, like I've been under for over an hour. And that you just get into this kind of wow. headspace to where it doesn't even seem like real life anymore. And then you come out of it and it just takes you like a couple minutes to just like reacclimate yourself. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty intense when you're the receiver and you're getting a lot of activity. Um, so yeah, I mean, check out our lives for sure. And then the sweet Springs episodes have a couple really cool uh, responses with the Estes and some other things. Uh, so definitely check those out. I can just imagine being under like that, like, and just like getting just like waves of like, I don't know, like, I feel like, like that's people what people are around you. Yeah. Like, that's what I feel like it would be like, you know, being under like that. You know what I mean? That's like, I, I can almost guarantee yeah. like that. 
or I think that's why I don't ever want to do it is because I feel like I would just feel like people getting closer <laughs> to me because I feel that even just like not trying to experience anything. It's like someone just walked into the room, but there's nobody there. I feel like that's what I would kind of get and just like an intense like in your face kind of thing. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, the, our most recent um, investigation we talked about that will be uh, on the web series I was under, I was doing the Estes and I literally thought my uh, camera guy and my tech manager or investigator, Scott, I thought he came up like right here to get a shot. Like I thought he was filming and trying to get a different shot. Cause I felt something like walk right up and I'm like reaching out, like trying to feel and there's nobody there. And obviously I can't hear or see anything. So, I mean, I've like, when it came up, like I thought a hundred percent that, that he had walked up to get a different kind of uh, angle or something like that. So I was like reaching out and there's nobody there. So that's a really good description of, of kind of the feelings you get when you're under. Yeah. Oh no. I don't know. Now um, I kind of want to try it. I know. Right. Okay. Well, see, that's my, <laughs> that's my intrigue with like the Ouija board now. It's like, well, now I want to try yeah, it. Yeah. I don't want to try a Ouija board. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I was going to ask earlier what, I mean, I guess if you had the answer, you wouldn't be an investigator. You would just know. But what do you think ghosts are? Um, do you think there's different types? Do you think that it's all like one um, thing or, yeah, what's, what's your idea of what ghosts are? I definitely don't think it's one thing. There's definitely different types out there, in my opinion. I mean, obviously... Uh, the prevailing notion is that it's the spirit of somebody who's passed on. And I think for the most part, that's pretty accurate. Somebody who has, has lived and then they're no longer with us, but whatever their intelligence or conscious or spirit, whatever word you want to use is still here for whatever reason and can interact. But I also think there are what people call residual spirits, which is basically just an imprint of time and time of something that happened in the past like if a person walked up and down the stairs every day for 80 years, then that's going to leave energy imprinted on, on the environment. So if you get footsteps on the same stairs every night at 10 o'clock or whatever it is, I, for the most part, we're going to feel like that's residual in nature. So that spirit or that person is not going to even know you're there. It's just a moment in time playing over and over again. And then I, like I said, I'm grew up in a very religious household, so I believe in demons, but they're, insanely insanely rare like i'm one place and that was the place we stayed uh, for 30 days is the only place where i thought potentially could have had something that i would consider demonic and i don't even say 100 percent that was but the people that throw out the word demonic and demon all the time for every single location it just drives me crazy because it's not like that at all Zach Baggin. Um, <laughs> no. You said it. What was I going to ask? Oh, so then, so, <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> um, so then do you think that, because uh, I guess uh, a notion that I've heard and I kind of tend to agree with is that um, if the person was an asshole in life, they are just an asshole in death too and just kind of give off that like negative energy that do you, would you agree to that or do you think it's something else? No, I, I definitely agree. And especially when you go into a place like an old penitentiary, like the one we have here in Moundsville, where, I mean, they're obviously, I mean, not everybody that is in prison is a bad person, but um, majority of them belong there for stuff that they did. So, I mean, there's a reason why they were there. And a lot of times in a place like that, you'll get responses that kind of go hand in hand with that you'll get responses where they're 
kind of a dick. I mean, that's all, I mean, that's, that's what they are. So yeah, I, I believe that that carries over for sure. Do you have another super creepy experience you'd like? Oh man, I have, no. I have all kinds of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, we were at a place um, that was actually the place where we filmed that uh, for my ghost story. Um, that was, like I said, an old elementary school and I was with another guy and this time it was legitimately pitch black and we were in a hallway and I thought he was right here behind me cause I could see like the physical outline of a person here. And again, it was one of those times where I was like, Hey, and I, and he was like 20 feet behind me. So, I mean, that was, I was hundred percent sure that there was a person there and he wasn't there. So, I mean, those kind of, those kind of experiences really stick in my head because I'm 100% sure that this is the case and then it's totally not the case at all. So it's, it messes with you a little bit. Yeah. Do you ever have like dreams or, or nightmares like after uh, an investigation, like pertaining to what you were investigating or like maybe something that, you know, information that you had or got or experienced there uh, during the investigation? I've never really had that happen. Um, but recently my girlfriend, Vanessa, uh, like I said, who's in the group with us, she actually had a very, very vivid dream about Sweet Springs. And she actually reached out to Cindy, who's in charge of Sweet Springs, who's in the episode with us and found out information that she had no idea about. And we had no idea about, about some stuff that had happened there. So, and she was legitimately freaked out. Like it was, it was a very creepy dream and there's no way she could have known that stuff. Cause we didn't know, we had never been told that. And then she reached out and found out it was true. So, I mean, that's the first time I've ever had anything like that happen that I know of in the group. So that one was kind of, that was kind of strange. And was that a first for her as well? Like having some sort of experience like that? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time she's ever had it. She messaged me and she said, you're not even going to believe this. I don't even want to tell you because it sounds so crazy. And then she told me. And then after the fact, she told me she had reached out to Cindy and found out the information was actually accurate. And that freaked her out even more. So, yeah, that that was the first time that's yeah. ever happened. But uh, I'd, uh, I don't know. I, I'm thinking your girlfriend's probably sensitive and doesn't realize it, especially if they're like bug her when they come and True. stay with you guys yeah. and they don't really bug you maybe she's a little more sensitive to those things especially if it's like in dreams too because that's where a lot of people will get information because you're not well you're not conscious you're in that in between space kind of thing so i don't know i think thinking so yeah I, she's probably not gonna like to hear that but <laughs> you're probably right <laughs> <laughs> whoops sorry but like michelle said i mean it's it's one of those things where I mean, I guess the more you like, I guess more information you get, more you learn about it, more you learn to like what it is and stuff like that. I guess it kind of takes away a little bit of that, that fear. I mean, it'd be kind of cool too, if she did like, if she did kind of embrace it and try and work on it and have that little extra kind of, uh, you know, out there with I you guess. guys. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah, she's actually person, recently talked about uh, trying to learn how to do tarot and things like that which, um, I mean, I think that would be kind of a way to embrace it as well. That's kind of how you started too, right? Yeah. It's just, well, yeah, I started with, with, with tarot, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's essentially what I'm doing now. Like I had just kind of like feeling things that aren't actually there and whatnot and other experiences that happened. And I mean, I've always been super intrigued and 
all things paranormal since I can remember. Um, so, and like we, I mean, Eric and I have had experiences when we were kids and growing up. So yeah, then I was just trying to reach out and understand what was actually going on. Um, so that's where I'm at. And I think your girlfriend is kind of headed in that direction, whether she is trying to or not. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I think it's helpful to, to get a better understanding. Yeah. Um, I, w- I wanted to ask, um, what's like, do you have any like piece of equipment or anything like that that you really enjoy using or, or, or think like that's like one of the most accurate ways to, to get evidence and stuff like that? Or I mean, honestly, the, the Estes that we talked about, the Estes method is one of my favorites just because it's one of the best ways to, like I said, combat confirmation bias uh, with anything else that you use with EVPs, with um, just a regular spirit box, um, anything else that you're going to use, the ovulus, whatever the case is. I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of, of wanting to get the answer to your question. So that is one of my favorite things to do personally, either being the receiver and mm-hmm. listening or even asking questions and kind of tying everything together. Because a lot of times if you're asking questions, you'll start to get responses and then that'll lead to something else and lead to something else. And like the episode at Sweet Springs, spoiler alert, watch it. But there we actually got the name of a soldier there from the Civil War who we looked up after the fact and verified that he was an actual person that nobody uh, had ever talked to at that location. Nobody ever got that name at that location. So that was something that, I mean, wow. getting that kind of information is, is really cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Two things. You see how the Civil War keeps being brought up michelle yeah i know civil war is like a running theme that in our lives that just never ends it's always coming into our lives it's fine (laughs) and also i was gonna say that i i like just i just learned about the ss method today and that already is my favorite method to you know (laughs) to investigate and i don't even investigate um have you has your has your i was gonna say wife has your girlfriend ever um have you, has she ever been the receiver? Oh, yeah. We, we split it up every location um, depending on if somebody's having activity or somebody's feeling a certain way, we'll have them be the receiver. Or sometimes we'll literally put names in a hat and draw them out and see who's going to be the receiver and who's going to be asking questions. So everybody <laughs> is very in tune with it. And it's honestly, everybody has a very entertaining way that they do it, especially um, our friend Scott, who's in the group. He gets very, very into it, and you'll see like his facial expressions change. Like if he get, hears a creepy voice, like he'll you physically see it in his face, or if he gets a weird voice, he'll like mimic the voice when he's saying it out loud. And sometimes it's just like the craziest off the wall stuff, and it just makes you want to die laughing in the middle of this haunted place. But everybody has their own way, which I think really adds to, especially to the filmmaking part of it. So you don't yeah. you don't do the Mr. Biggins method and just uh, obligate people to do things that they potentially don't want to do. <laughs> I mean, I haven't so far, but <laughs> I mean, never know. you haven't designated a, a what is it, Aaron? Yeah, we we don't have an Aaron right now. Yeah, unfortunately. Aaron. We'll Aaron, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll have to work and on listen. that. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like we're. We're joking around and stuff like that. We do not. Oh, at least I don't. I love watching Ghost Adventures, even though you know what people. Well, she doesn't, but I 
I thoroughly enjoy the entertainment value that they bring. So, I mean, I say it in jest, maybe not so much my sister, but I didn't say it. You did. Do you feel like um, it, it's easy or do you feel like because I know like in nursing, there's this there's this thing where they say that the um, now I can't even remember what it, how it goes, but like uh, like we eat our young, I guess is how you put it. Like, you know, when. What? Yeah, like when they're brand new nurses, like a lot of times, I mean, I try not to do this, but I, there are nurses that, you know, they'll treat like young nurses like shit or like new nurses like crap or just like put them through the ring or just for the sake of watching them suffer. Like, do you feel like, um, like you said, reaching out to other investigators and stuff, do you think uh, a lot of investigators are um, eager to help newcomers or do they kind of try and like, um, like push them away and like make themselves the you know, the big dogs, I guess. Yeah, you're 100% spot on. That's that's a perfect analogy. A lot of groups, and I don't, I don't want to say a lot of groups, but certain groups are very territorial. They don't want you in their area. They don't want you coming to their location, their locations. They don't want you uh, doing anything that's going to be better than what they have done. They don't want to see you succeed at all. So, I mean, there are a lot, or mm-hmm. some groups that, that are, are exactly like you're talking about. But I would say for the most part, a majority of the groups, especially the ones that we work with, are going to be very, very um, happy to, to lend a hand because we all started somewhere. I mean, we may have started a long time ago. We may have started recently, but everybody started somewhere. So if anybody reaches out to us, I mean, I know I've talked to a bunch of groups here in West Virginia that are just starting out within the last few years, and I try to give them as much guidance and information as I can. So, I mean, you may run into a couple of people where you reach out and they just either completely ignore you or try to downplay what you're trying to do. But if you talk to enough people, you're going to find some, some really good people in the field. Oh, that's, okay. yeah, that's awesome. So then, um, I, we're right at an hour so we can start wrapping up, but, um, what's something that you learned in these like 15 years of investigating that you think is really important that people know or or understand about the paranormal? I would just say that everybody uh, is going to experience it differently. So, I mean, if you are starting out as as an investigator, that you go out and you could have somebody standing right next to you and you could have something happen and they don't. And that's just, everybody's going to be different. So just don't get discouraged if you are just starting out. Um, reach out to experienced teams. I mean, that's the best way to learn. And as far as just like everyday people who aren't involved in the paranormal, 99% of activity is going to be completely harmless. Most of the time, like I said, if you stand up and say, hey, you're not welcome here. We don't want this happening in our home. It's going to stop. So don't be petrified. Don't be terrified. Most likely they're probably just trying to reach out and either get some information to you or just say, let you know, hey, we're here with you. Um, so don't, like I said, don't forget that majority of the time it was actually a person who's, uh, you're interacting with. Yeah. So, um, again, thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you want to plug that you like, I mean, obviously, you know, let people know where they can find you, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, whatever you want to let them know where they can get to you by all means. 
Yeah, we're, uh, like I said, we're launching or we launched at the end of 2020, our YouTube web series called Forgotten Relics. And that's what we're really proud of. And we're pushing really hard in 2021 to get that up and rolling even more. So please check it out, www.youtube.com slash WVPara, youtube.com slash WVPara. You can also check us out on Facebook. Just search West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. We do a lot of live streams there. So if you like watching stuff happen in the moment, that's a great way to follow us. And then on Instagram, we're at WVParaInvestigations. So check us out on all of those. Follow, like, subscribe. We very much appreciate it. Not society like I said at the beginning, guys. Okay, <laughs> oh, investigation. So embarrassing. I'm going to leave that in there too. I'm not even going to edit it out. I'm going to just let you just have that. Cause you think I don't know that you're going to do that? I mean. It's the power of the editing. Uh, again, I apologize for that. But I mean, wait, well, now we got stuff people can laugh at. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But again, thank you. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate, pre- appreciate it. And we, I mean there's a very high chance that we will have you back on again yes definitely we like making friends anytime all right guys so that was our interview with jonathan from west virginia paranormal investigations yeah i got it (laughs) thanks so never gonna uh, let me forget that one are you no no i'll probably bring that up it was one time one time yeah we'll, we'll probably bring that up a few times because it's pretty hilarious to watch you squirm there and i kind of uh, just let it happen i could have helped you out and i just let it happen kind of kind of like when uh when jim lets michael scott fall in the koi pond and he just kind of backs up and lets it happen That's, i don't know your reference i don't watch the office well you get with the program bro I'm sure mm, listeners would you. know all right so that was a lot of fun very interesting definitely check out their youtube videos guys they are pretty creepy very informative really creepy and that um estes method yeah that estes method is is pretty creepy so now i need to go back and watch those videos and and see what that's all about see it in action uh i and again like i I feel like that trying to do that myself i i don't know how i'd feel it 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 would freak me out like i want to try it you know, because like you, but then like also being blindfolded and then not like only hearing the S the the spirit box and and then the voices and then if you get a creepy voice and then like I would just get chills like I'm getting chills down my spine just talking <laughs> just, about it. And it's just thinking yeah, about it. it's the 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 voices that come out of there are like super unsettling. So to have all your senses just kind of like masked and all you can here is that it's just not yeah i don't know i don't like the idea of it but i'm excited about it i kind of i kind of want to try it not gonna lie yeah some of the situations he said that he put himself like he's he's been in uh, like a lot of those for me would have been like nope i'm done no thank you all right you guys well uh definitely go check them out uh on uh on youtube if you want to go ahead and uh send us a message to try and to get interviewed or uh you know, send us stories of high strangeness. Send us a message on Instagram. We're at We Believe Do You Podcast. On Twitter, it's at WBDY Podcast. On Facebook, it's We Believe Do You with a question mark. Uh, our email address is 
we believed you at gmail.com. And now our website is we believed you.com. We are officially a dot com, guys. So definitely send us a message on there because there's a little section there where you can send a contact. If you feel so inclined to donate, go ahead and do that because, as Michelle said at the beginning, this is free for you, but not necessarily free for us um, to create. So any little bit helps. We're not asking you to, you know, shell out, you know, as much money, like everything that you got, but any any little bit helps. Uh, we really want to hear from you guys because we believe. See you.